0: Hey there, Walt here from Walt in PA, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 17 of the Motorcycle Adjacent podcast. If this is your first time here, Motorcycle Adjacent, uh, basically it means that I'm giving myself permission and the creative freedom to dance around the outskirts of motorcycle discussion and just allow myself to wander to and fro and you know, fall into this nice little package of Motorcycle Adjacent. So that's where the name comes from. In this episode, I really don't know what we're going to talk about. I've got a handful of things to do. I have my laptop sitting next to me and I refuse to open it where I have my notes because I just wanted to do this off the cuff. And it's been a little while, so let's talk. You know, I think that it is only fitting to play a little catch up. So in a previous episode, probably the last two, I had mentioned that I had a group ride coming up and I didn't really want to disclose the details publicly because I was paranoid that by some freak chance, too many people might show up and I'd have a very difficult time managing it. So I posted about it on waltnpa.com, I listed all of the pertinent information about where we were meeting, where we were riding to, each leg of the journey, the distance we planned on traveling, some information about each stop. Uh but the one thing I left out was the date. And uh I went ahead and you know published that blog post, maintaining a private date, which I only disclosed in uh the Walt NPA Discord server. And things were things were looking pretty good. You know, it reminds me of that meme where you know it's like four boxes. Upper left hand corner is announcement of the group ride, and there's a whole butt ton of people that are interested. It just fills up the whole square. And then the next square over you know says like one month before the group ride, and you 've got half the people that are still interested and then in the next box, the lower left hand corner you 've got like week before the group ride, and now there's about ten people it's it's the it 's been slashed dramatically the out the uh, the interest and then the day of the group ride there's like one person that 's kind of the way I felt <laughs> with this group ride because there were a couple of points when I was really concerned. We had, uh, there was a number of people that were interested, uh, and then there were some friends of friends that were talking about going. So I was a little concerned that it was going to be more bikes than I could handle, but, you know, I pressed ahead. I planned on having uh, people with communicators kind of at the front of the line, toward the back of the line, and in the middle of the pack, just so that we could keep everyone communicating and and, in a nice group. So as we got closer and closer, the numbers began to dwindle. And then by the time the group ride took place, it was me, Goofy Bastard, Pat, and who am I forgetting? Steve. So there was four of us. And uh, we met up at the Wawa in Zieglerville, uh, hung out for a little while. Goofy Bastard was a total surprise. I had sent him a message inviting him but I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it and when when I heard the rumble and looked over my shoulder and saw the white Kawasaki I was uh, I was pretty excited to see him it's been, a, it'd been quite a while since we had ridden together. So we all caught up, got on the bikes, rode out to the Louis J. Muscaro Automotive Museum in Birdsboro and the ride was awesome. We wound up taking nothing but back roads. Uh, we went through the Greismer's Mill Covered Bridge, the Pleasantville Covered Bridge, and used pretty much every back road that I'm aware of to connect us from Zieglerville to Birdsboro, avoiding any and all highways, just kind of, you know, going from one back road to the next. They were nice and twisty, laid back, easy going roads. I really enjoyed myself. It seems like everyone else enjoyed themselves too, although there were a couple of, uh, Comments about uh, those those big baggers having a hard time keeping up with the the little sport bikes, but uh, it was it was you know it was all in in good fun. So the automotive museum was was pretty cool. I mean, it was shocking to see the price tags on some of these cars were well well north of a hundred thousand dollars. It was just insane the collection that this guy had. It wasn't a massive collection. There was probably maybe two dozen cars, maybe thirty. Um, with various various price points and information placards, along with them, a variety of American cars, a variety of European cars, just a beautiful collection the place wasn 't quite as big as I thought it would be i mean it 's a pretty big building from the outside, but cars are kind of spaced out uh, comfortably, and uh it wasn 't quite as full as uh, as I thought it would be, or I should say it. we went through the the displays pretty quickly i mean none of us are the type that are that are going to spend 10 15 minutes at each car soaking up the sights you know we we went we managed to get through all of them pretty quickly i would say we were we were in and out in in less than an hour and um for as quickly as we were in and out the price was a little steep it was uh it was $15 a person, but we decided to to lump everyone together to get a group rate. The uh, group rate was $12 per person if you had a group of four or more. So we we did it that way, checked everything out, and then we rode from Zieglerville to Morgantown House, where uh, we've all, well, Steve and I have had, or Untamed Ride and I have had lunch numerous occasions, breakfast a couple of times. It's an awesome little coffee shop, but it is... Uh, I don't want to say a little highbrow. It's a little hipster, I guess is the best way to put it. So when we get in there, Goofy and Pat are not hipster. Not not even a little bit hipster. And it was just an absolute riot listening to those two guys talk to one another. So you know, we go inside and the menus are these little they have these little clipboards with menus on them and there are only so many and there's people standing in line so you're trying to like trade them back and forth and Goofy can't see the menu so he's got his phone out on magnifier to try to read the print and Pat's got his his uh, reading glasses on and they're Pat's offering his reading glasses to Goofy and Goofy's saying no 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 I got my phone and then turns out that what he wanted they were all out of it. So then it, it turned into this, give me the menu quick again, I need your glasses too. And it was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. At one point, we, when we placed our order, the woman that was, was taking the order, because you, you do everything at the register before you sit down, it's like this open seating. Um, it mentions that, you know, we're really full, I'm not sure that we have a seat. And of course, Goofy chimes in, well, I'm kind of intimidating, I'd probably chase a few people away if that's all right with you. You know, that got a laugh. Next thing you know, Pat disappears goes in the back and then comes forward, comes up front as uh, Steve and I are placing the uh, the last of the order and says like oh I got us I got us four seats and I don't know how he did it but he managed to to get us four seats get us a table in the back when uh, when the place was pretty packed but lunch was great coffee was great picked up a couple of bags of coffee for the way home or for for at home and uh, it was a, it was a good time little highbrow again But loads and loads of laughs, great fun. I can't say enough about it. So at Morgantown Coffee House, we wound up breaking up. Um, Goofy went his way back home because it was kind of a straight line for him shooting straight down Route 23. Uh, Pat, Steve, and I kind of made our way back through French Creek State Park, uh, Pennsylvania, Route 345, and uh, picked up a couple of back roads to get him close to where he needed to go to get home, and then from there, we stopped to get gas and then split off at a random gas station in Boyertown. Uh, I'd say the the turnout was a bit lighter than I was expecting, but I had a great time, and I really look forward to doing more of these in the future. Um, we're talking, kind of talking amongst ourselves about possibly trying get, trying to get each person in the Discord server to... To kind of plan and host a group ride just to take some of the pressure off me so that i don't have to try to come up with something every single month and i think that that would be a, a wonderful idea i'm not necessarily hooked on the idea of uh, everyone having to 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 run their own group ride but you know if we did the if each person did the planning aspect of it that would take a huge burden off and then you know you just prepare with checking out maps and getting acquainted to the to the route and then anyone could lead really uh i know that i'm not a huge fan of leading group rides i like kind of being in the middle of the pack so that i can see the group in front of me and people behind me and then relay that information up front so that's kind of where i like to be but yeah i'm really hoping that uh, we can get some stuff together and have several more group rides throughout the riding season in 2023. So, next up on the chopping block of discussion topics for this episode are, well, another problem with the 2022 Yamaha MT-09. Not necessarily the MT-09, but the Michelin Road 6 tires I have on it. So, back in, it was like July, I needed new tires. So, I got new tires put on. I decided to go with Michelin Road 6 instead of the Bridgestone Battleax that came with the bike OEM. I put a Road 6 front and rear on this bike, and I've been pretty happy with them in the short term. I mean, since, you know, I I had these tires put on in like July, August, I bought the Ninja 400 in October, so, you know, I got a chance to ride on the Michelin Road 6s pretty frequently from from August to October, and then I was bouncing bouncing back and forth between the Ninja 400 and the MT-09 over the winter and now that the weather is starting to break and it's getting a little bit warmer I've been spending more time on the Ninja 400 just because it's kind of like a, a warm weather bike it's a lot more fun to ride when you're not layered up to try to stay warm in 30 degree weather so the MT-09 kind of sat unused for a couple of weeks you know we had a a mix of cold and rain and wind and then you know when we had a couple of nice days I was on the 400 so um when it was finally time to get the mt09 out again uh, i wanted to to do a quick little check on the system you know the lights all that worked uh everything seemed functional and i needed to check the tires now i didn't have uh, i didn't have a tire pressure gauge with me at the time so i just grabbed a hold of the rear tire and pressed on it and see if i could flex it you know if i could dimple the tire i knew that it was going to be low on air and i would need to top it off Or, or at the very least go in the house and try to find my tire pressure gauge. So I press on the rear tire and it's, I can dimple it really easily. Uh, I was a little surprised by how much flex the tire had. So I was immediately concerned. I was planning on taking a ride. So I left the MT-09 at home, fired up the Ninja 400, went out. And then the following day I had to ride into work. It was supposed to be nice in the afternoon anyway. So I planned on running down to the, At the gas station to fill up the tires on the MT09 on the way to work, and I figured, well, it 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 should be safe enough to ride, you know, a couple miles down the road. It's not a big deal, even though the tire's low. So I get all geared up. It's like in the high 20s. I ride down to the gas station, and they have one of these electronic air fillers, air filler upper things. (laughs) So I dial it up to 42 pounds of air for the rear tire. I struggle to get the the fill valve on the valve stem because of so much stuff going on in the back of this bike and I don't have 90 degree valve stems, which by the way, the next time I get these tires changed, that is the first thing I'm going to do because it is a nightmare to try to get anything on these valve stems, especially the front tire. The, the, The twin discs on the front are just such a pain to get around. So anyway, um, I pull up to the gas station, I set the machine to 42 pounds, I pop the the fill on the, on the valve stem, and it's an electronic unit, so it checks the pressure of the tire. If it's low, if it's lower than you set, it starts pushing air. If it's too high, it will release air. And if it's not filled up, it starts filling the, the tire. Or if it meets pressure, it t- turns off and beeps. So I put the fill valve on there, I hear it start to put air in the tire. I glance over my shoulder and I see that it's reading like 12 pounds of air and like immediately I start to panic like, oh no, I'm, I have to have a nail in the tire or a screw or a puncture somewhere. There's no way that this tire could be down to 12 pounds. I know that tire pressure drops in the cold weather and it's in the 20s, but still that's uh, incredibly low. So I fill up the tire, I get it up to pressure. I can't get the fill valve on the front tire because of the damn rotors. So I give up on the front tire. I walk the bike forward, I don't know, maybe a foot, and I check the tire over real good. I look at it, I'm feeling the tire, rubbing my hand across the rubber, trying to feel any any sharp bits of metal sticking out of the tire in the tread anywhere. I can't find anything. I walk the bike forward a little bit more, check the rear tire again. And I just keep repeating the process until I'm confident that I've been around the entire tire at least one time. I can't find anything. There's nothing in this tire. And I'm now I'm starting to second guess myself. Do I want to ride the 30 miles into work on, on a tire that very well could be leaking? Or do I want to go home and get the other bike knowing that it's going to be difficult to ride because I've got tons of layers on to try to stay warm? So... Uh, I decide to chance it. I, I'm i already running late. I get on the bike. I ride into work. I don't have uh, a tire pressure gauge with me. I didn't even think to, to bring one in my backpack. But my thought is, if I get to work and the tire's low, the worst thing, you know, if, as long as I make it to work without the tire going flat, worst case scenario, I'll just pull an airline out of the building and fill up my tire at work. It's not a big deal. We have an air compressor. The whole place runs on compressed air for the most part. So, you know, filling the tire wouldn't be an issue. So I leave work. I check the tire. Again, the old, <laughs> the equivalent of like eyeballing a shelf to make sure it's level. I'm pushing on the tire. It seems nice and firm. doesn't seem like it's lost any air. I ride home. I get out the tire, tire pressure gauge. I check the tire. It's down maybe two pounds from where it was when I filled it at the gas station. So I'm thinking, all right, I must have a slow leak. So now I'm kind of paranoid. I'm checking the tire periodically. Sometimes the pressure is going down a little bit. Sometimes it's not. It seems seems like maybe the tire is losing some air, but I can't really tell. And ultimately, I wind up getting a spray bottle full of soapy water. I sprayed the hell out of the tire, looking for air bubbles from a slow leak. Spraying down the tire, checking it, walking the bike forward a little bit, spraying it down again, checking it. I checked around the outside rim, I checked the valve stem, I checked all of the tread. Like I, I put so much soapy water on this thing looking for bubbles, but I couldn't find anything, and it was kind of driving me nuts. So I went on Discord and I was talking to the guys about it, and they're telling me that, you know, it's easier to find a slow leak if you overpressure the tire. That'll help see the bubbles. So I try that, still nothing. Uh, I wound up ordering a a tire inflator from eBay or not eBay Amazon. I got this uh, Fantic battery operated portable compressor. Now I was planning on getting uh, the the wired type that you can plug into the SAE ports on your battery if you've got a battery tender. Um, but this Fantic charger just happened to be on sale, and Untamed Ride has one. He seems pretty happy with it, so. I ordered it, I got it like for half off, it was like 50 bucks. And I've been using it periodically to check the pressure in the tires and and um and top them off as needed. And you know, it's the the amazing thing is I've been checking them for the last couple of weeks and really haven't seen any variation in tire pressure. I mean, when it's cold, I'll see a pound or two drop. But if I check it consistently like in the morning when it's around the same temperature for a couple days in a row, I don't see any change in tire pressure. So I don't know if it was just the perfect storm of the tire was underinflated to begin with, it sat too long, I know that some of these softer compound tires, the air permeates them, and you know maybe it just sat too long over the winter, I lost some air pressure, maybe the tire being underinflated allowed some air to leak out around the bead. I I really don't know, but uh, the problem seems to have resolved itself. I've checked the tire at least a dozen times and it's within two pounds every time I check it. So um, I'm still checking it nervously, but I I think the problem's behind me and I'm not entirely sure what it was. If I had to guess, it sat too long, air-permeated the rubber, and, uh, yeah, it just needed to be filled up and now periodically maintained. If you aren't aware, I have a motorcycle blog. It's waltnpa.com. And I try to post a variety of things there. I'll post group ride information there. I'll post destination rides. My YouTube videos go there. I, I publish a blurb about the podcast every time it's released. And it's, I embed it there so that you could listen or watch it you know, direct from my blog and i've been trying to dedicate more time to producing content for that blog a lot a lot more written content and one of the things that i did uh just just recently actually was i did a review on the Voss 989 moto v helmet uh, i bought that back in september ish and i've worn it f- Pretty, pretty much exclusively since then, like all throughout the winter. I even set it up as a Motovlog helmet, which I didn't intend on doing uh, initially, but I did like a, it was probably a 3000 word article on, on, on the helmet, some information on Voss, all the features of the helmet, what I thought of the various features. I thought it came out pretty good. If you're interested in purchasing a Voss helmet, you can check out this review before you uh, make the purchase doesn't get me anything I'm not uh, a Voss affiliate unfortunately we'll just leave it at that <laughs> but um, yeah it was really cool to do that right up hopefully uh, people find it useful when if and when you are shopping for a Voss helmet so in addition to that Voss helmet review I've done, I've done a couple of different posts but um, one that I just finished recently was a very very lengthy review of the Kalimoto motorcycle app it is a ride tracker slash trip planner for motorcycle enthusiasts. And the focus of the app is twisty roads. That's kind of uh the thing. I think the um like the the slogan is no more straight roads or something like that. So they do a wonderful job of seeking out and feeding you twisty backcountry roads in your area. Now it is a premium feature so if you have the free account you don't get the twisty roads option but if you do uh, it is well worth the 60 bucks if you live in an area that has twisty roads like I do in southeast Pennsylvania. So I finished up the review of that app just recently and that was almost 4000 words that was uh, A really hefty blog post I dove into pretty much all of the features that I'm aware of and how they work and my thoughts on them and I concluded the review by saying that the app is is fantastic I really like it but I think I'm going to go in another direction for 2023 so a little bit of backstory Uh, I started looking around at motorcycle apps a few years ago and I settled on Rever, decided to use that. I paid for a Rever Premium subscription. I had that for a year. It had some annoyances that I really struggled to get past. So when my subscription was up, I decided to go look for something else. That's when I found Kalimoto. I signed up for a year's subscription of Kalimoto Premium. I've used it exclusively for the last year. I'm really happy with a lot of things about the app, but there are some annoyances that I can't get over. And um, I'm looking at going in a different direction. So I planned on canceling my subscription, or not renewing it after the, the year was up, and then going with Detect. It's I think it's pronounced Detect. It's D-E-T-E-C-H-T. It's another German company. And the first thing I did when I downloaded the app was check the address search feature, and it works amazing compared to kalimoto that was my huge my biggest gripe with kalimoto is i think the maps api that they use is not us-based or it doesn't have a lot of us information in it so if you're searching for a specific address nine times out of ten it tells you no no results found and it becomes really really annoying especially if you're out for a ride and you decide like all right i'm going to stop the trip here me and my buddy are going to go grab lunch or one of us needs gas like searching an address or searching for a place in Kalimoto on a whim like that is next to impossible. So more often than not, I wind up pausing the route on Kalimoto, going to Google Maps, getting what I need, and then using Google Maps for turn-by-turn navigation to get me to that spur-of-the-moment location, and then finishing off the trip with Kalimoto. So it's been really annoying for, for the search functionality. And when I found out that Detect did a wonderful job of search, uh, I decided that, that was the route I was going to go. So I downloaded the app, I got a seven day premium subscription, and I started using it just a few days ago. And it does a lot of things really well that I think are really cool. But there is a very big difference between Kalimoto and Detect in that Kalimoto is all about twisty roads detect is all about safety it has like um, crash alarms so if your bike goes down it will send an emergency sos to your contacts Um, your loved ones or people that you share your information with can view your your ride live your gps data live through the the interface on the detect website it's got it's got some sort of tie-in to road hazards so, if there are if there's construction going on on a road that you're on, or if someone has reported gravel or some obstruction in the road, you will get a warning showing up on the screen to let you know that there's a warning and you should start slowing down. so it's it's pretty cool from a safety standpoint it does it does a lot of things really well, but it sucks for twisty roads. Um, so I, I I plotted a course from home to work now kalimoto usually takes me down this really twisty road that runs alongside a creek it's fantastic riding i plugged the same two addresses into into detect and the first route it spit out was the route that i used to take in my car all the time all the state routes and then when i changed it over to twisty roads i got no difference whatsoever it it spit out the exact same route down the state routes it's like it didn't even look to to take me off of the main course and add some time to the route to get me on twisty roads. So I was really disappointed in that bit of functionality. And because twisty roads are really important to me, it's most of what I find so much fun about riding. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it. I did record a rather lengthy first impressions review of Detect as I was riding along, experiencing it for the very first time. I still need to go back and edit that footage and take a look at it and just kind of give myself a refresher as to whether or not I want to, to spend the $60 or whatever it is for the the annual subscription. Again, it's a cool app with some great safety features, but like the one feature that I desire most or one the one feature that I value most, it does a very poor job of doing. So I don't know if it's going to be worth it to me. I may wind up sticking with Kalimoto even though I absolutely hate the search feature. So if you've got any recommendations on motorcycle apps, GPS apps, uh, turn-by-turn navigation apps, I would love to hear it. Reach out, shoot me a message, walt at waltnpa.com. You can comment on any of my stuff at waltnpa.com or uh, join, the, join the Discord server, which is in, there's a link in the description and um, shoot me a message there. I'd love to hear what you're using. So we are just a few days away from my first motorcycle course of the year. I'm scheduled to attend the intermediate riding clinic in just a few days and I've got all the paperwork filled out. They sent out a group text and an email blast with all the paperwork that we could pre-fill to hasten the initial paperwork process and get us on the range quicker so I'm really looking forward to that. I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to take the Ninja 400 or the MT-09. The Ninja 400, it's a little bike, it's easy to maneuver, it's fun to ride, and it just sips on gas, so as much time as I spend at the range really won't make much of a difference. Uh, But I wanted to take the MT-09 because, not that it's a heavy bike, but it's heavier than the than the Ninja 400 and it doesn't feel quite as maneuverable because it's a physically larger bike. It's funny I I say it like that because the M209 is not a big bike at all not even a little bit you know compared to like a Harley dresser or a Goldwing this thing is tiny so just the fact that I'm talking about it as the bigger of my two bikes is kind of amusing to me anyway so I think I'm gonna take the M209 or I, I don't have much of a choice. I filled out all the insurance paperwork and um, waiver paperwork with the uh, VIN number for the MT-09 and all the insurance information for the MT-09. So it's pretty much locked in now. I'm taking the MT-09 to take the Intermediate Rider Clinic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes. Uh, if it goes as well as I think it's going to, uh, I'm gonna take the Advanced Rider Clinic Sometime later this summer, I have to keep an eye on when the class availability is because uh, the range that I'm gonna need to go to is in Gettysburg, kind of far away a few hours away it's gonna it's gonna wind up being at least an overnight trip so that I can attend and uh, I really don't know when when they're scheduling it because it's kind of all over the place so Keeping an eye out for it, I'm looking forward to doing it. And then once I finish that course in Gettysburg, I want to take the Advanced Rider Clinic again at Pocono Raceway. I hear great things about the Advanced Rider Clinics hosted at racetracks, and I really want to, to make that happen sometime this year. I'm not sure how far into the year they run courses. I know like the Basic Rider Clinic, they're really popular in the spring. But then as you start getting into the, the warmer months and deeper into the riding season, they seem, the class availability seems to taper off considerably. So I'm not sure really sure what's going to happen with the ARC, and I just need to keep an eye on it. So hopefully in the next episode, I tell you about how awesome my time at the IRC was and have some cool stories to tell. Well, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Motorcycle Adjacent Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, do me a huge favor. Leave a review on your preferred podcasting service, whether it be Apple Music, not Apple, I keep saying Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all those. Uh, do me a huge favor, leave a review, hopefully a good one. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me, please consider joining my free Discord server. It's where a small group of us hang out. You don't have to be local, but it helps, and uh, we get together for group rides sometimes. So, it's worth checking out. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much. As always, ride safe, and I will catch you in the next one.